Caribbeans to the core majority are mm-hmm. hustlers. They just it just looks different than the American hustler. Yeah. But it's all the same thing. But one thing they do is they do save their money. They do they don't have debt. You know, so I will say that they pay for a lot of stuff in cash. So when you're yep. saving your money and paying for a lot of stuff in cash, yeah. you don't exactly have the luxuries to have the flamboyant things, right? Yeah. It's only yeah. in America now you have credit. So, yeah. And the thing. Welcome to the Unfiltered Liming Podcast. Join us as we reflect on our personal journeys and share our insights, experiences, and stories. From food to music, language to customs, we explore what it means to straddle two cultures and find a sense of belonging and both. Whether you're a first-generation Caribbean-American, a seasoned veteran, or simply curious about the rich tapestry of culture, that make up the Caribbean diaspora. This podcast is for you. We are your hosts, Bertie, the Hasten Sensation. Lisa, the Dominica Diva. No one's talking, so let's get unfiltered. What up, B? What up, L? All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, welcome back, D Lyman Crew. We're here for another episode this week. This week, yes. B, what are we talking about this week? What are we talking about? Money, 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 money. <laughs> Financial literacy, I guess. Something like that. We're going to talk about something about how you need to be educated about your money, about your finances, and all that good stuff. Right, Elle? I think that's what we're talking about. We're talking about I financial mean, literacy, people. That's what we're talking about. We're doing a brief overview on financial yeah. literacy, the Caribbean culture versus American culture. Mm-hmm. So in this episode, what we're going to talk about, you know, basically our upbringing, what financial literacy looked like in our home. Everybody's home is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to let B start. B, what was the financial literacy demographics in your home growing up in a Caribbean home? Um, yes. So financial literacies, people know, could define define what that is for yourself and for your family, right? It's the education on finance, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. Like what you know, what your concept is, what your family taught you and what you've come to define as your education or understanding about finance, right? So in my Caribbean household, it wasn't, it was talked about or in the sense of being like in my family, the women in my family are very entrepreneur. They, my mom, I could, since I was young, remembering she was very entrepreneurial. Did she talk about like how she did it? Not really, but she was very strategic with her money. She was very like, Hey, business is the way to go. So if you were going to invest in something, invest in yourself, invest in your business, because their business is always going to make money for you. So I had that understanding from the business aspect. And also like, she was a great saver. So if she needed to do something, she, calculated the cost and you know and then she saved up for it and then it was cash right a lot of there was not not a lot of things that they did credit in my household but I know like let's say she did have a big amount she would probably call family members and borrow and then able to pay them back so that was the instant like taking out loans was not a thing that my mom did she didn't own credit cards um things like that um as far as really talking about money 
it was more like, hey, be mindful of your money. So like my mom, and up to this day, she still tells me not to spend my money on What's the American word that I'm looking? Frivolous, luxury, frivolous, and luxury things that will just come and go, right? She's like, be very mindful of how you spend your money because at the end of the day, you need to have a cushion, you need to have savings, you need to be able to, if an emergency comes up, you know what I mean, to be able to take care of yourself. So don't be out here like how she talking about. She's like, don't be. I don't want to be seeing you like these people on Facebook. You going out and you know just blowing up money. And up to this day, people, I'm still to the age of she's still giving me so yeah she's like don't I don't want to see you I don't want to see that I don't want to see you know she's so I would say that that for me I'm very has helped me become very responsible because I do the same thing I sit down I calculate you know monthly my monthly goals what I need to spend so I'm very um careful with my money. You know what I mean? I'm very strategic with my money. You know what I mean? I will, you know, I'm not going to go out if I don't have it. You know what I mean? Um, Borrowing was a hard thing for me because that's how you build credit. So that part I had to learn because in America, you have to build credit, right? Your credit score and all these other stuff is important. So that part because my mom was always like pay everything cash. So I had a hard time like getting a credit card. I think I was like in my thirties, maybe when I got my first credit card and actually, so let me go back maybe in my twenties, like late twenties. And then I had it and then I never used it until I was in my thirties, but that's because I got a divorce in the financial, you know what I'm saying? You got to do what you got to do. I mean, I'm just putting out there. I know what it is. Yeah, I already so, you know, know what but it I is. Didn't, and then I work for a, um, my other financial literacy came from a, a financial company that I work with. So I learned about the rule of 72. I learned about how my compound interest works, what the bank ain't giving me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. for me, I have, I have to say that I've been blessed to meet certain people and to be in certain rooms to learn about financial literacy than most in then my life. So I would attribute again, my mom upbringing and having that business mindset and then working with the financial company because it was like, be your own boss and things like that. So those two things really help shape a lot of how I view money, how I teach my child about money, how, you know what I mean? I understand about rates and you know what I mean? Interest rates and all these other stuff. So, yeah. Okay. All right. What about about me? Uh, I think, I feel like mine is a little complicated. Um, First of all, you said why? I think it's a little complicated. Um, First of all, growing up, and why I say it's complicated because I feel like I heard one thing inside the home. And then again, it's that American thing. And especially growing up in New York. So there's a little, um, I feel like growing up in the home, it was always like, when you save your money, that's mm-hmm. just it. Save your money. If you get a job, make sure you find a good job that you, somewhere you could stay and be there forever like a fixture on a shelf and just make sure you save your money. Don't buy anything. Just save your money. Now, however, my dad was very like, um, from the time we were young, he got us our savings bonds. I remember coming in the mail every month for me and my siblings. That's just what it was. And that just stacked up. 
And then when I started working, it was like, make sure you sign up for a 401k. Mm-hmm. That was like non-negotiable. Like, I'm glad you got a job. The next thing, make sure you do a 401k. Um, I never forget the first job I got and had a 401k. And that's when they had the max at 50, 15%. And I never forget first job. And I was just like, all right, you know, always 401k. So I was like, all right, 15%. Got my first check. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, I had to pull out real quick, pull out mm-hmm. real quick. Um, I did, I didn't like stop it. I did. I dropped it down right. to, I think got myself to like 3% and then eventually I moved mm-hmm. to six just to kind of get myself used to that Right. because I was living on my own too and stuff. So no, mm-hmm. I wasn't, no, I had, I was at home. I had my first banking job. It was at a bank too, mm-hmm. processing checks. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was just that. And that's it now on the, why I said it's complicated. Cause on the flip side, especially growing in New York, that hustling mentality. It was that hustling mm-hmm. mentality. You got to get that money, got to get that mm-hmm. fast money and stuff like that. And, and that's money, honey. Yeah. But with that fast money, you know, everything in New York, you know what I'm saying? You got, you got to be shining and flossing and you know what I'm saying? You got to go get the, I had to go get my individuals from the Africans every, once a month. And that was a bill and you know, your nails and pedicure and, jewelry going down to Jamaica Avenue got to go get my jewelry and so that's where the tug of war and I said it got a little complicated for me because it's like you're torn like all you're told at home is you got to save your money you got to save your money Mm -hmm. no one talked about I think with no one talked about it's okay to have a balance like as long as you pay your bills save your money Mm -hmm. and then you have a little for play I think Mm -hmm you know, that's always a great message to have. Like you should, you know, and obviously as we get older, we understand the, you, you save mm-hmm. and you have your temp, you pay all your bills and then you have your percentage where you go and you have play and you have fun. And I think once you do that, you don't feel that pressure. Like, Oh my God, I can't spend any money. I want to do this. And then what happens is that pressure of being like, I can't spend any money. I have to save everything. Mm-hmm. Then you go into this like splurge thing and then get yourself in trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's uh, for me. Now, what's interesting is I feel like I inside always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. I always like I just ha- I just felt something inside like I want to start my own thing. I don't know where mm-hmm. it came from because mm-hmm. that was not really. The example at home, but even though. It was weird. I don't know. I it, I just felt something inside. So in turn, mm-hmm. what happened is, is that I always found myself starting stuff and then not finishing mm-hmm. because then you still have on your shoulder, like, you know, find yourself a good job and you just stay on there and mm-hmm. just save your money and that's it. But there was mm-hmm. something burning inside. So it's not till I got very much older and, um, I understood that it's okay to have a balance Mm -hmm. and it's again this is with the american side you start talking to friends Mm -hmm. and start talking to different people Mm -hmm. and then you yourself get your own confidence to realize hey i can Mm -hmm. juggle both things you know Mm -hmm. so for to answer the question of bringing in a caribbean home it was just very much save work save your money that's it Mm -hmm. that's it but um, yeah. I have to say, I'm really glad one good thing came out of the pan. A lot of things, good things came out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But one of the 
great things that I love that came out of the pandemic is that everybody went to online, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's all you had. And Mm -hmm. it was like an outpour of information Mm -hmm. sharing that people had as far as financial literacy Mm -hmm. that I just thought was such a beautiful thing, you know? And that I just, I'm, I was very pleased with that. And I myself learned so many things. So all uh, of us did. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. I think all of us did. And then the education was simplified, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. that's the thing too, until, so when you hear financial literacy is the fact that Sometimes it could be, it could seem like it's so scary, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of us before, like you said, the pandemic or before you get introduced to people that are talking to you about it, it could be overwhelming because when you go to banks, when you go to financial institutions, they're not sitting down. They're throwing all these big words at you that you're like, what does that mean? Blah, 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 blah. Who has the time? So I think, like you said, with the pandemic, people were able to under, people were able to simplify the literacy so you could understand it. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. Cause I don't think that it wasn't there before because all the things about financial literacy are written in books. I took accounting classes, financial, like when I went to college, my major was going to be financial planning and I took the classes, but I was like, Oh, economics, all these. And I was like, you know what this means? Because at the time I didn't have the grasp of what, the understanding what the words were, right? What the, 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 I couldn't connect it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I think now people are able to connect, mm-hmm. right. The education to be like, Oh, that's what I got to do. So that I would have to say is what transpired the online with the pandemic is that people were like, look, one, two, three, simplify it. This yep. means this. This yeah. means that. This yes. means this. That yes. you know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't like so strange when it was normal people that they read about it, they applied it, and they were able yep. to say, Oh, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. But then comes back like be careful too, right? Because you still gotta do your homework. You still gotta make sure like you the source is accurate because a lot of thing about finance that people don't realize the rule hasn't changed. The rule does not change on it doesn't change like very clear. The rule to financial money, the numbers do not lie and don't change. The information, how you receive it can change based on what you're looking for. But when it comes to like the rule of 72, learning how your interest. So explain what the rule of 72 is. What is that? Oh, Lord, gee whiz. Okay, so people, and always, I always say disclaimer, check my facts, check, go online, do that's the thing about financial education and our conversation. When we say stuff, please go do your homework. So the rule of 72 is basically explaining in that way. And if you know it, please let me know if I'm getting it wrong because it's been a while since I've had to educate people on this. Um, you people, I'm asking, rate. what is it? Yeah, so you take the interest that you're getting on your money bank, whatever you're saving, checking, right? And you divide it by 72 and that gives you the number of years it's going to take your money to double. Oh, let me write that down. Hold on. And we're going to put the definition of that in the comments of this episode, but that's what it is. So Wait, if you're say that again? Five, you take the interest rate that you're getting on your money. Okay. And then you multiply it by 72 and that it takes, it. you get the number of years it's going to take your money to double. Oh, so when I multiply that, that gives me what my money's going to double. 
Yeah. Okay. How many years your money is going to double? All right. Let me do a uh, math so real quick. So if you're getting like 0.5%, right? Mm-hmm. 0.5% times or 72? divided by is how many? You said divided or times? Times. 72. Okay. Hold on. So if I get 0. 0.5 times 72, that's 36. 36 years. For if you years. got five dollars for it to double to what twenty five or what is it? Point five times seventy two is thirty six months or years. years? Years. Years. How many years it takes your money to double? That's thirty six years. Yeah. Damn! I better get better interest rate. That's what I'm. That's saying. what we talk. That's <laughs> what we're talking about now. Again, that's, people thirty six years. Educate people on that, but I believe that's how it works. And if it doesn't okay. come up with the right definition, yeah. Me, but I, I'm pretty so, sure that that that's how it works. So again, you got to be lined up. And again, I learned this from working with this financial company, right? Because I do believe whatever you're interested in and whatever you know education you want, you get connected to people and you get introduced to different things. So that was for me like one of the greatest things that I have to say. Again, my mom and then working for this company, I was able to learn about interest rate, you know, about like how, you know, life insurance works, how investment works and things like that. So again, there are people out here that are giving now this stuff for free. You understand what I'm saying? Online. You know what I mean? And it's not only in English, in Caribbean, it's like whatever language is all over the world. You know what I mean? To uh, to be able to understand how you get your money working for you, how you can go in business for yourself and get your money working for you. And even if you have a job in the job that you have, you can still get your money working for you with doing outside things. You understand what I mean? Like the 401k is great, but at the end of the day, the way more than that. Yes. And the way it was explained to me is that your 401k is also at the mercy of your company. So anything that your company, right, benefit that a company gives you, Mm -hmm. contributes, gives you, it's not yours. You don't own it. So something happens to the company. Guess what? That's done. So you got to go somewhere else and start over. So wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. You could take it with when, you, but I'm saying contribution and all of that that you had. You have to go to another company and get another. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's a flowing thing. So basically that could end if you don't because you don't have control of you understand what I'm saying, the what they're matching and things like that. So if they decide like, do you have control of what they could No, I don't have control of what they match, but however, it, mm-hmm. whatever they match, you have to be invested by vested by a certain time. They have a time limit, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're vested with the company, then you mm-hmm. take that money and it's yours. Now, mm-hmm. if you haven't been with the company a year and say they match in it, you have to be vested, right? Whatever their numbers, let's say the company's like five years. And if you leave in year one, yes, that money, they're going to roll it back and take it back. Now, again, it depends on the company. So you have to do your research based on whatever company. So when you make the statement, I just wanted to clarify that if you're in, if you're vested with the company, that money is yours to walk away with. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you have to find out which company you're working with, how long their investment time is. Mm-hmm. So I just want to clarify, because then, girl, they're going to yeah. get in the comments and be like, what are you talking about? The money's not yeah. yours. 
but it, it's yours to a degree. Like you said, there's rules and regulation that you don't control is my point, right? Mm-hmm. It's on your company's rule and regulation. Yeah. And if you yeah. go out, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, again, don't have your eggs all in one basket. Of course. Basically, if you don't, if you don't have control over it, if you don't own and have, you know what I'm saying? Like some type of, like if it's one percent ownership, somebody else has control over that. That still is good, but it's not. There's different vehicles. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So use all the vehicles that you can within reason to get the best out of your investment. Like you're saying, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like don't think like, oh, the four one k is gonna help me. Yeah, it's, it could help you, but if you're able to do some other things, which is called diversifying. Yes, you got to diversify. Roth, you know, all these other yep. stuff that are out mm-hmm. there, you know, and I'm not the one like I have a friend studying like. um, What is it? Investment like, you know, what is it going in the stock market and investing himself and all this other stuff? There's some people that are good at that. I'm not. There's some people that they could go in and they could like play around with the markets and be able to be like, oh, this is it. Play the stock market. Yeah. Exactly. But Mm -hmm. if there's a company that I use that could do that for me and diversify, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? So it's all up to you. And there's plenty of companies out there. Plenty. Yeah. It's financial education Mm -hmm. to help you get what you need Mm -hmm. and what your ultimate goal is. Yeah. So one of the things that I feel like would, which is a very disservice that they did is that to young kids growing up is they don't teach financial literacy in school. They don't mm-hmm. like, they purposely, who is it? Rockefeller yeah. Rockefeller in his book. Yeah. He just, we wanted to keep, he was like no financial literacy teaching about finances in school. Cause he wants to keep, he wants workers. That's what he said. He wants workers. So, um, I, I did think, change. Huh? It changed. It changed because my son, um, he had financial education where they actually, you know what I mean? Um, we're teaching him again. It's a basic, but better is nothing. Better teaching him how to balance a checking account, mm-hmm. teaching them like different things, and actually, like I think he had a mock class. They had to do a business plan, like you know, like which is awesome. That is awesome. You know what I mean, like yep. expenses and stuff mm-hmm. like that as well. Like if you have a business and you're spending this month, so I think with a group they did that. So I think now there's a little bit more. Yeah, um, and it depends on the-, on the school. It depends on the school because mm-hmm. it is not all schools are created equally. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, you have to you find know, the so school. I, yeah, and I think the. And I'm not trying to brag, but I think the other reason why he was because the classes that he was, he wasn't gifted. Okay. So gifted you know and talented. Like, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that also, and I don't know, you know, at the end of the day, but I feel like some schools they provide that for that those special groups of kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because of that, like they, yeah. and then the other ones they get like maybe a diluted or down version. They don't mm-hmm. get like mm-hmm. a in depth, like oh, you're doing a project yeah. and you got to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, but then in the Caribbean household, I feel like, again, I can speak to my Haitian um, family, Haitian culture. I think they're, and I'm not saying, but I think from, I again, only my experience, they're hustlers. Like, I don't think it's only my family, but a lot of the Haitian that I meet, they're hustlers when it comes to money. Like, they are very, like, 
yo, you may make fun that they're working two, three jobs, but they got a plan. Like they know how to not have debt. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't have debt. I don't know about this new generation now trying to keep up with the Jones, the Jones, but I would have to say like my mom, even though like she worked hard and all this other stuff, like you said, the bling, she did spend, like we traveled. So she was able to make sure, like you said, you're spending what you need to, but at the same time, you're able to be frugal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. got to spend a lot of money to look frugal. Like these celebrities sometimes go to these thrift store and y'all out here buying their brand and they in thrift store getting the same thing you buy yeah. less, less, less money. Yeah. So yo, sometimes like until you're able to get to what you need to get to and you want to buy the thousand dollar, whatever, whatever, go to a good consignment shop, people. That's another okay. thing too. We ain't gotta yeah. we ain't gotta keep up with the Jones. We ain't gotta keep up with ba- nope. Jay Z Beyonce. Cause at the end of the day, guess what? Unless they're going somewhere. They're not wearing these high fashion clothes. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing too, you know what you could do? Let me tell y'all on a secret. Create your own brand so that way you can wear it for free. There you go. There you go. Gems dropped. Did y'all did y'all hear that? Go ahead and say it again, just in case they didn't hear. Closer. Create your own brand so you can wear it for free. How about that? There you go. Do that. There you go. There you go. But I will, I do want to add on, like I mentioned in my household, but I know like even Dominica and other islands in the Caribbean, like everybody is, everybody's hustling. It's just a different kind of hustle. I Obviously yeah. in America, it's the flashy and everybody's got a show in, in the Caribbean. It's like, you have the people like, I, I mean, I have family members you know, grandfathers and grandmothers that they, they t- take their fruits, take it down to the market and sell. You know, my dad mm-hmm. told me I had, that he had yeah. an aunt that used to take all the fruits and the mangoes and all of that stuff and take it to Trinidad and get on a boat and sell it in Trinidad. You know, mm-hmm. um, my grandfather, he had a farm, you know what I mean? So there's different ways. My dad's stepdad had a um, liquor store and a grocery store. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah, they're definitely, I definitely like Caribbean like- to the core majority are mm-hmm. hustlers. They just, it just looks different than the American hustler, yeah. but it's all the same thing. But one thing they do is they do save their money. They do. They don't have debt. You know, so I will say that they pay for a lot of stuff in cash. So when you're saving your money and paying for a lot of stuff in cash, you don't exactly have the luxuries to have the flamboyant things. Right. It's only in America. Now you have credit. So, yeah. And the thing is, is different of what they consider to be to be, you know what I mean? To be bling. So to them, it's like, okay, um, over here, I might not look like that. But I'm building this big old mansion in Haiti. Yeah, so that's, that's what they thing. do. That's their. That's what I'm saying. That's like, what that's they their do. Thing. Going back home to that, so it's like their their flash is different. But the other yeah. thing too that I want to add to this, again, American versus Caribbean, is that I don't know how other islands are, but I know like they don't have a welfare kind of system or handout. In mm. You understand what I'm saying? So meaning like yeah. if they don't have it, they, they need to figure it. out how to fit. They yeah. can't go to the government and say, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. And what I they think do that's now. what makes them 
and they're like I know Haitians are very prideful anyways they would you know what I'm saying that's one thing like as a culture that they are prideful I think Caribbeans in. on a whole are extremely prideful people yeah on a they're whole like, so that for me and again if I'm wrong and if things have changed in Haiti, I can only speak to that. I can't speak to other, but other Caribbean were more than open to. But I know, like, they, from what I know from my family talking, they don't have that as they have here, is what I'm saying. One of the differences between, like, okay, if I fall in hard time, you know, I know, like, hey, I could go here to this government that could give me assistance until I'm able to. And I think sometimes that's a crippling thing here in America mm-hmm. because, you know, but I know, like, there's not too many Caribbean folks that I know unless they, you know what I mean? That they, so I think the mindset sometimes is because of that. They've had yeah. to be like, Oh yeah, definitely. Figure it out. Yeah. You no, know, you're right. You have to figure it out. So yeah, that's probably another thing too. Now I know financial literacy for the younger generation coming up, I'm different in what I show my son because I've, again, business is the number one thing. College school is great too, but again, it's being diversified. It's finding your passion. It's finding what you want. So if you find a company that you love working for and that's what you want, and you like Lisa said, invested, do go do that. But do your homework and what have a plan for your financial education of where you are and where you want to be. Because a lot mm-hmm. of times, I think with financial literacy, you can have the education but apply it because it it's like knowledge without applying it. Is you just got knowledge? What you doing with it? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. a great thing you just said also too is passion. That is something that I feel like was not talked about in the home. It's you go to school, get a job. It's it's not an option. There's no gray. There's no like, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? Uh, oh, you want to? No, I don't. I don't feel like that was there. No passion. Uh, we're we're on opposite end today, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So I have to say mine was different because I did have that. I did have my dad would be like, what do you want to be? My mom would be like, what do you want to be? They did ask me the question and they would be like, okay, how are you going to get it? Don't like, like, I remember my dad specifically before he passed away, he was like, he had a friend over. And I tell this story all the time. He had a friend over and I think I was maybe 13. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't remember. Like I was, you know, and he was like, oh, he just asked me like, oh, what do you want to be? And I said, I want to be a pediatrician because at the time, I don't know what in Guadalupe, my pediatrician that I had, I remember I was young, but I remember like going to the office. I don't, I just remember like, oh, I want to do this. You know what I mean? So I was telling him, he's like, oh yeah, ever since she was young, this is what she want to do, telling the friend. And then he looked at me, he was like, don't ever let anybody change you. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. If that's what you want to do, you could accomplish it. So that I remember him giving that clearly to me. Like my mom, she was like, oh, you guys, you know, you're in America. You could basically do Anything that you want to be, don't limit yourself. I got that from her because she exposed us to people. Again, like the people in my life that I've had, family, friends, I've been surrounded by business people, a lot of business people. So I've had that, you know what I mean? And then talking to them. So that's where I think part of some of my financial literacy has also came from because I've been with families that, yo, they're, you know, they they are like they own their own business. They they employ people um and things like that. Um, my brother in law was the same way. He owned his own business. So 
Yeah, now that I'm talking about it. So those conversation, it's weird, like, but those conversations were in my household. Like, you know, well, what that's I mean? awesome. It, it, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, they were awesome. there. So I think, yeah, I think that's probably one of the reasons why. Yeah, it's like it's funny, unfiltered, the lightning crew. We talk about that. The conversation that we have that you bring up, because we, as you talk about your family, you bring up different things, and it's yeah. different how Lisa and I are like, you know, like totally different Opposite, yeah. on this topic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so yep. yeah, it was just kind of, go to school, get an education, get a job. Yeah. But did That's any it. of you, like you or your sibling ever like go out on your own and do? Do what do like, you mean go out on our own? Like start up a business or do anything like that with financially? Okay, let me know. Let me I, ask you this question first. Do you and your do you and your siblings, do you guys talk about financial education now? As oh yeah. Oh yeah. You talk about oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We share information yeah. with each other. Oh yeah. Definitely. What about oh, yeah. your parent now that you're older? Did you talk to them? Do they talk to you now about financial literacy? Because like I said, my mom be trying to be like, yo, spend, save them. And like, you know, I still get those. those so uh, my dad, my dad does. He like, you know, make sure that you're investing, you know, you have some, an IRA put away to the side make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, you're diversifying, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're younger. So you could do more aggressive opposed to conservative. Yeah. He mm-hmm. has those conversations. Um, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, when I had more time on my hands, like, mm-hmm. you know, I would run some ideas past him and stuff as far as investing wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. In financial literacy, it's also protecting your asset. Right. Because a lot of times you got to know the education, but you got to protect your assets. Ass at people. Protect your ass. Yes. Cover your ass. Yeah. Same thing with your finance. So, yeah. yeah. And don't get there's a lot of scammer out there, too. So, yeah, you got to do your research. You got to be. Yeah, you got to. Dot your I's, cross your T's, and check twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And check don't, twice. Don't let people know know what you want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Know what you don't know. Know what you want to accomplish. And know who and what the information is. So if the information doesn't sound like it's legit, at the end of the day, go do your homework. Find the right connection. The government's website are out there. You know, what is it? SEC? You know, there are websites out there that they give you what companies should and shouldn't do, what information you could get from their website. There's free information out there. So, again, educate yourself and start out. Start out with what you want to accomplish. Start out with, okay, what is your literacy goal? What is your financial education goal for yourself? If you have a family, for your family, it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter. There's a plan that can help you at the end of the day meet goal. You might not be a millionaire if you're older, right? But you could have, you could start by putting a plan together and say, okay, this is my goal realistically and things like that. So I think- And if um, you don't know, some people don't know how to put a goal together. Some people don't. So you have to find and surround yourself with people, certified people. You know what I mean? Your bank is a great place. Your bank, 
they have great resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, they might not be giving you a lot of percentage on your interest, but they have resources to help you yeah. budget. Like mm-hmm. it's funny, like the free tools that they have. If mm-hmm. you go sit down with a banker again, if you bank somewhere, that's the thing. If you bank somewhere, you're a bank because you're a member with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. They will sit down and talk to you for free and give you resources that they yeah. have. So yeah. use your resources. You ask like, questions. Yeah. If you want a business, if you mm-hmm. want a house, if you have a car, your bank is there. Let me tell you again, they're not going to come to you and tell you. No, you they're not. You have to, to ask the questions. Them and say, yeah. Because yeah. they have, oh, if you want a budget, here's a free tool to budget. You want to do this? Here's this. You want to buy a house? Here's that. You want to own a business? Here's that. Like it's there, yeah. people. I'm telling it's you. It's there. It's there. Put yeah. You on a plan and be like, oh, how much? And yeah. So yeah. And then at the end of the day, too, people got to also pay attention to you got to feel what your gut is telling you. What's yeah. you know what's right is right. And you know what's wrong is wrong. Start there and then you'll be good. So have the education with your kids, Caribbean folks, as we say, now we're talking more than our parents did. So yeah. Have the conversation with your kids, change that mindset, change mm-hmm. those conversations so that money is not so cliche, right? Or because taboo. we use it every day, right? We, we, yeah. use it every day. we get our job and then it's like, the thing is you get your first paycheck and Nobody tells you really how to invest it, but they can tell you how to spend it. Yeah. Right. That's like true. that's the thing. That's the that's the crazy so, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just th- yeah, I think that the great thing to take away from this today, people, mm-hmm. is yeah, do your research. Go to your bank. If you don't have anybody, friends or family around, go to your bank, sit down, they'll talk to you. Um, and then also too, for the younger generation coming up that are raising kids today, start it at home to fin- have the financial yeah. conversations at home because you can't always rely on the school. You know what I mean? You can't rely if, before you get into the gifted and talented program, you know, and every school is not created equal. So start at home. You know, we have all these tools. I have one of my girlfriends, I gave one of her daughters, I think it was her ninth birthday or something. It's like flashcards that teach you about how to spend money, how to use money. And that's another thing also too, I wanted to add to piggyback what you said is that money's a tool to get Mm -hmm. you to where you want to go. And that's something that we're not taught at a young age is a tool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to respect it too, you know? Yeah. So that is definitely Money doesn't but... care. Money doesn't care. Money mm-hmm. doesn't care about your background. Money doesn't care no. if mm-hmm. you're where your family money does not care. So mm-hmm. the universe like it's all up to if your family didn't have it, that doesn't mean you can't have it. That's the exactly other thing too. that's like the key. Breaking that mindset. That's generational curse yeah that thing yeah that thing is like so the, at the end of the day like we say but one of the tools that i'm gonna give you guys is youtube oh. i read rich dad poor dad listen to the audio with my son on youtube i think it's like five hours four or five hours so y'all on that little phone all the time you have that in the palm of your head money one-on-one how money works or some of those audio like what's one that i read that was really good um the richest man in babylon yeah it's yeah you told you told YouTube me about that one you yes, talked about that one yeah. dad it's mm-hmm. on youtube for free audio that in the background 
You listen to 30 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. I, that's my tool for y'all. That little gifted YouTube y'all use and all this other stuff. And all there's another lady that we use. I'm going to give a shout out. Ellie Money Talk. Mm-hmm. She's also good. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some other person. I'm so, so sorry. I don't know your name. I'm Earn Your Leisure. Earn Your Leisure is huge. Earn Your Leisure, what they're doing is huge. That, right? Girl, I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, when we first got on this podcast journey, Earn Your Leisure was like one of the first podcasts that I heard about. And just to see... We're going to tag y'all. Yeah, just to see... We were rocking with y'all. Like, yeah. I think Earn Your Leisure probably started a year before us. No, two years. Maybe two years before us. I think two years, yeah. I think two years before us, they started. And just to see where they have mm-hmm. blossomed to. Yeah. I don't know them, but kudos to them. I love them. Yeah. I mean, what y'all are doing is phenomenal. And the education um, of its own. Oh my God. Simplify for people. Yeah. They're, like, crea- they're creating basically a digital Bible. That's what I yeah. feel like. They're creating yeah. a the digital financial Bible. That's what I feel like they're creating. Yeah. That It's one of those things, like a matter of fact, like rich dad, poor dad. I remember... I don't want to say I remember. I'm dating myself if I say I remember when that book came out. But I don't know who introduced me to that book, but I feel like I got a copy of that book, maybe fresh out of high school, mm-hmm. first year in college. And I, that book, like there was no, was there? I don't even know if Kendall was out there. I don't think Kendall was out yet. I don't think Amazon well, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. And I remember yeah. reading that book from front mm-hmm. to back. I mean, yeah. that book is probably got dust somewhere in a box, somewhere in an attic. I had that book so long ago. And then it was like, I think like 10 years later, I reread it and it's back in the box again. Like that mm-hmm. to me, rich dad, poor dad. And then you know who my other go-to person was? Cause this is my tip. Mm-hmm. Susie Orman. Susie Orman was my geo. She was, and this is the crazy thing, right? This see, and when we talked about, I'm not. I know we were supposed to get off, but just to go back to what you said when we mentioned about passion, right? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned your dad said to you, "What do you want to do?" Right? Mm -hmm. That's one thing. I think every parent's like tells their little kid, "Hey, what do you want to do, little Tommy?" Mm -hmm. That's fine, but. The passion is what's burning inside of Mm. you that sometimes Mm. you can't even articulate what it is. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. Right. So some people can articulate that at a young age and they're fortunate to have people around them to nurture it. Mm. But Mm. I don't know what it was from a young age that rich dad, poor dad, Susie Orman. I don't know where I was Mm. going with it, but I was just so intrigued. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to organize myself and I'm going to, you know, whatever. So I knew that that was my tip for you guys was Susie Orman. And like you said, you said YouTube, but rich dad, poor dad. I'm just, that was, that was the genius for me. Basically audio, free audio. Cause a lot of times people think like they have to have money. That's what I was going to say. I didn't have the audio back then. We didn't have the audio. We were straight in there page turning so yes. the fact that you have audio now it makes it so much easier yeah, yeah they're still doing it my tip so is youtube but yeah. yes on youtube rich dad poor dad and the richest the richest man in babylon is a good one but it took me a while to listen to that one that was a long one yes yeah and then how money works there's a new one out 
of how money works. One of my friends told me about it on mm-hmm. Amazon. How money works is a very small book and it's very kid friendly. So I would say, yeah, those three. But how money works is not on YouTube. It's on Amazon, but it doesn't cost a lot either. Okay. But you know, so yeah. So yeah. those are the three ones. How money works because you need to know how money works. Yeah. Rich dad, poor dad. I'm just giving it to you in the line. Learn, go, go read or listen to how money works. Then rich dad, poor dad. Then richest man in Babylon. Okay. Uh, All my right. order. Yeah, that's B's order, people. You heard it. You heard it here first. That's B's order. Tipping tools for you. Tipping tools. All right. Well, this was a great conversation, B. I know, but you know, also, I'm going to add on to this. In our future episodes, we're going to elaborate because I want us to have a couple more episodes on financial literacy um, and just how we can do better with that in the community. Yeah, Yeah. Experts come on to tell people like, you know, how to go ahead, where they could go in and get those resources, especially um, in the Caribbean, um, you know, diaspora, whatever there are, you know, there are, you know, in D.C., you have all these embassies, right, of the different, but in your own community, you got to find, like, because the thing about it is also it's the language barrier, I think, a lot of times for American, for Caribbean. So if you don't speak the language or may not understand everything, find a local um community somewhere that has like oh you could always ask your bank or somebody for a translator or somebody that mm-hmm. because we're out here people correct out here all right my my a non-speaking english they're out here there's haitian everywhere i'm just okay. letting you know they're 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 everywhere to be able to help you you know you speak patois find somebody whatever it is there's no there's no excuse there's somebody out there that will help you understand the lingo. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Yeah. Great. Thanks for joining us, D Lyman crew, for another week. And uh, we'll see you in a next episode. And B's going to show you where to point. Yeah, where something you might be interested in to listen to and to go check yes. out. Yes. Here. All, All right. right. See you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Unfiltered Liming Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and gained some valuable insights. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh, exciting content. And if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a story you'd like us to share, please reach out to us. Join us again next Thursday for another unfiltered conversation about the rich diversity and complexity of the Caribbean American experience. Until then, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep celebrating the unique cultural heritage that make us who we are. Unfiltered Liming is edited and produced by Unfiltered Liming.